You're listening to the Wellness Insider Network, episode number 23. Welcome to the Wellness Insider Network podcast, a place where you discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and stress-free life with the right food, herbs, and self-care techniques. I'm your host, Lana Camille. I'm a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hello, Wellness Insiders. Super excited to be here. And I am privileged to introduce Lucy Krieger uh, to you today. Lucy is a kombucha brewer. She is a local female entrepreneur, uh, a co-owner of uh, a company called Luluna Kombucha. She's also a Narragansett native. I met Lucy about a year ago at my local farmer's market, where she shares the magic of her kombucha with her customers. Lucy is a multi-passionate individual, and some of her interests include business, environmental science, and nutrition. And I'm so happy that she was able to join me today to share her wisdom, knowledge, and expertise in making this very, very special product. Enjoy. Lucy, good, good evening, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm great, Lana. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am super excited. Um, we met earlier this year, and so um, I actually started learning more about you and your company and the products that you're making um, less than, than 12 months ago, but I am absolutely in love with what you do, and I'm so excited that you are able to join us today and to share your wisdom and to share your knowledge with the listeners of this podcast. So welcome again. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Wonderful. So, uh, Lucy, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did your journey start? My journey started, um, I guess, specifically in the kombucha world. I drink kombucha all the time. Um, so it was all, you know, an experiment. So I started making kombucha for myself, my sisters. Um, and it was a very organic process on how the company developed. And um, it was a lot of, definitely a lot of trial and error in the beginning. Um, kombucha is a craft that is very specific with ratios. Um, so to get the taste right or your specific preference in taste, um, there definitely is a lot of trial and error. So I um, actually started my uh, career in the business world um, in renewable energy. Okay. And I've always been, you know, I've always had a side hustle, always been thinking of, you know, multiple things at once. So, um, you know, the idea of brewing kombucha came to me and after receiving feedback and testing it out, um, you know, of course, months and months went by. Um, but I decided to, you know, take the plunge and go forth with brewing this, um, with my business background. And I've always had an interest in nutrition as well. So, um, okay. started out on Block Island, uh, which is a small island off the coast of Rhode Island. I've always, um, I've been going there, visiting there and, 
um, living out there in the summers for quite some time. And we started out at farmer's markets out there on the island. Um, and, you know, back then I would say it was a lot of um, education when, you know, talking to people about kombucha, it wasn't very well known. Um, but, you know, as years and months went by, more and more, more and more people were hearing of it or seeing it on the shelves. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a definitely a fun ride. Um, and the, you know, the health industry and beverage industry has evolved so rapidly where there are more healthful drinks. Um, but yes, we started out on Block Island and like I said, a very organic process in regards to recipe development and um, just, you know, getting to know the craft of the beverage in general. That's fabulous. So let me, let me ask you a question. So someone that, who is listening to this might be wondering, what is kombucha? So what is it? Kombucha is fermented tea. Okay. It- is naturally effervescent so there's a little bit of fizz there um it's a probiotic beverage so i describe it as a sparkling cider almost in Mm -hmm. taste and then it's typically flavored with fruit or herbs um and then of course it'll taste you know similar to what those fruits or herbs um you know like a flavored sparkling cider is how you know i typically describe it but um, probiotic beverage um, made from fermented tea. Okay. And so when, if someone were to start making their own kombucha, um, like where, you know, you take tea, you do what to it? So you need a few uh, simple ingredients to get going. Uh, it's a very, you know, easy process. You don't need any expensive ingredients, um, you know, to get going. You have a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast it's called a scoby okay it stands for um which is the culture and then you have sweet tea so you brew tea add sugar to that um and then this scoby kind of sits right on top lives with this um tea and ferments the liquid so a few things the scoby is what you would need uh Mm -hmm. tea typically um you know, black teas used, green tea, you need tea with enough tannins to keep the culture happy. So um, both black and green tea have, you know, a good amount of tannins to do so. And um, so those three things, as well as water. And and sugar. Sugar, correct. Okay, awesome. I remember when um, I was in Eastern Europe, um, we had these huge containers that had uh, the mushrooms swimming in it. And so the first time um, I saw it here, I was like, oh my gosh, the, the mushroom tea. So it's the same thing. And yes, it is the same thing. Um, although I think that a lot of, um, a lot of palates cannot be, uh, probably are not accustomed to kombucha or to this mushroom tea at the very start. So talk to us a little bit about the health benefits of kombucha. Why is it not a fun thing to do, but why is it also good for you? Right. So kombucha has um, many health benefits. There are beneficial acids in the drink. There are vitamins. Um, Kombucha is a detoxifying drink, so um, it'll help regulate your system. Um, It also gives you an energy boost. Um, I've heard feedback that people also notice mental clarity when drinking the beverage. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, every body is different. So 
you know, it's not a cure-all drink per se, of course, nothing of is. Course. Um, but yes, there's, you know, a lot of benefits other than just a tasty beverage. That's great. You, you mentioned a little bit about the fact that it, it is a probiotic drink. So how does this concept relate to gut health and why is it so important for us? Gut health is extremely important. Um, it, gut health, you know, influences a lot of things. It influences not only your digestion, it influences your immunity, your emotions, even your complexion. Um, so, you know, trillions of healthy bacteria are living in your gut and it's important to, you know, take care of them. Um, I think it's a common misconception personally that, that you really should only worry about gut health if you're older or you have an existing issue um, or discomforts, but that isn't true. And, you know, it's something that you should be taking care of or just being aware of um, in your body. And so probiotics can typically be found in a lot of different foods that we consume. So whether it is sauerkraut or whether it is, I don't know, uh, lacto yogurt and kefir and various other things, but having an option of drinking something that is actually refreshing uh, beverage is a, is a nice addition uh, from my perspective. And so I was absolutely thrilled when I found you at the farmer's market and tasted your kombucha. So um, when, uh, so I know that uh, one of the things that you do in your company is that you offer uh, kombucha on tap. And so you guys have fill stations. Can you talk a little bit about like what you typically find in a store versus how this is different? Sure. So when starting the Luna Kombucha, I really wanted to, um, a big, you know, part of my motivation behind a beverage company is limiting single-use waste. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of single-use waste in the food industry, the beverage industry, and, you know, every industry, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So how we tackled that issue um, is that we offer our kombucha on tap um, at different locations, and you can fill up um, different size bottles that we provide, um, a 16 ounce bottle or a 32 ounce growlette as we like to call them. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you're taking that bottle, um, and you buy it initially, but then you come back and you're able to refill it. So it's kind of creating an experience of, you know, getting to know the beverage, getting to know the store, the local store. Um, but of course, reusing that one bottle, um, for, you know, what you purchased it for in the first place, rather than gathering or recycling so many different bottles, um, you know, however often you drink it. I actually never knew that that was the reason why you're doing it. it. It makes a lot of sense. And also considering the fact that your background is environmental science, that all comes, brings it so nicely together. But um, yeah, that, that is fabulous. And so I've been carrying two of my bottles with me every farmer's market. So, so uh, uh, Lucy, tell us also a little bit about like why your uh, kombucha or the method of preparation of your beverage is a little bit different than what you typically see in Whole Foods or any other uh, markets? Sure. So there's a lot of different ways or a lot of different ingredients as well. Um, 
on how you can make kombucha. Mm -hmm. And our philosophy is that we don't take any shortcuts. So we use um, spring water, we use real fruit and herbs compared to adding concentrates to the beverage. Um, we really treat it as a craft um, and bring it back to the authentic way of the beverage. So um, we don't force carbonate our kombucha. You'll find that a lot of kombuchas are very fizzy because it's pumped with CO2. Um, and we don't do that in our process. Um, and I, I personally, you know, not only to just honing in on the reason for that, not only is it, you know, you taste more of the, on your palate of the different flavors that are included in the flavor. Um, but also, you know, your, your mouth isn't full of this carbonation and it's kind of, you know, showing you how it is naturally brewed. When you do a home brew of kombucha, it's not wildly fizzy um, every time. And of course that varies on the flavor. Um, and also we do not pasteurize our kombucha. So some companies you'll find is that they'll heat up the beverage and um, that, you know, the main reason sometimes is that you're drinking kombucha, of course, is for the probiotic benefits. Mm -hmm. So it's um, sometimes pasteurized, um, depending on the brand, um, and then probiotics may be added back in, um, but we do not pasteurize it. So you're getting, like I said, the authentic way that the beverage um, should be enjoyed, um, as well as, you know, an artist you know, craft version of it. So we um, work with local farms. Um, we always have a seasonal flavor on tap at our fill stations. So it's very, you know, unique to our brand um, that we're really, you know, passionate about every single um, step of the way as well as ingredient in the beverage. That's great. Uh, Lucy, let me take you one step back. So, um, once again, if someone who is just learning about kombucha, they understand that you have this culture that sits in a, a tea. So whether it is green tea or black tea, um, the tea has sugar added to it. And so there is this culture that sits there. And so the, the culture is fermenting the sugar and creating these this slightly fizzy uh, beverage. So when you're talking adding fruits and adding spices and adding all these other things, when does that happen? So we do a second fermentation in our kombucha. Um, and that means that this happens after the initial fermentation process. So our fermentation typically takes around three weeks mm -hmm. um, or, and that's just with the tea and culture. Um, and then at that point, we'll add the fresh fruit and herbs for a second fermentation. So it's continuing to eat the sugar, whether, you know, from the fruit, um, creating more carbonation through that. Um, and um, also reducing the sugar content in the final product of the beverage because you're letting it ferment for a longer period of time. Um, and, you know, the sugar content as well as the caffeine content also reduces in this longer process. That's awesome. And so that second fermentation, it is shorter in time, right? It's not the same three weeks. Correct. Yes. And so our second fermentations uh, vary depending on the flavor. So typically, uh, if it's like a sweeter flavor, we have a strawberry fields that's strawberries, holy basil, sage, and lemon balm. So that's a typically, you know, a, a sweet flavor with the strawberries in there. So that will be a shorter second fermentation 
than let's say our hibiscus lemonade, which is just fresh squeezed lemon as the fruit in there. So that's mm -hmm. not as sweet of a fruit. So um, you would do a longer second fermentation on the, um, you know, the fruits that are not as sweet. So I, so it's, it's fascinating for me. It was fascinating for me to learn initially, and I am still learning so much about the different flavors that you're using. And so I remember one of the first kombuchas that I have tried from you was a mushroom. I think it was a chaga mushroom, and you have uh, added a variety of different spices, maybe cardamom, a cinnamon, uh, something else was added to it. Can you talk about this, like, inspiration for these flavors how do you mix these together what you know yeah your inspiration more than anything else yeah so our um i would say mainly um you know where we live is a huge inspiration for the flavors so the harvest the different harvest of new england so the uh chaga blend that you're speaking of it's called a our, it's our chaga chai. Mm -hmm. So it has chaga mushrooms steeped in, in the second fermentation mm -hmm. with the, uh, you know, typical chai spices with the cardamom, ginger, cinnamon. Um, and that creates a very, you know, fall-esque flavor, which mm -hmm. is a fall seasonal, uh, tastes a lot like a cider. Mm -hmm. And um, so a huge thing is working with other farmers, seeing what's in season. That's a huge inspiration um, behind, you know, our recipe development um, when we're working in the kitchen. Um, and I would also say that a large part of um, specific flavors, I would say is just growing up in my mother's garden. I know that when I was developing the recipe for our element flavor, it's peppermint, lemongrass, chamomile, and lemon. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, just, I always, whenever I leave my parents' house, I always take a, a sprig of mint and I'm, a, you know, a huge fan of herbal teas, which you don't typically find in kombucha, but I wanted to, you know, make, or not make sure, but I wanted to include that in a flavor because it, you know, was something that appealed to me. And it now appeals to a lot of other people because you can't find it typically on the shelf. So it's this nice, smooth, herbal, refreshing drink. Um, and we use those three herbs in the second fermentation. So you're able, you know, to get those flavors in there um, and keep the kombucha culture happy. So it's definitely multiple things, um, but mainly, New England and, um, you know, what you can find at farmer's markets, which I encourage a lot of people to, you know, go to a farmer's market and play in your kitchen this weekend, you know, skip the bar. Who wants to go to a bar, you know? Of course. So go, you know, play with, you know, different flavors. And that's, you know, a lot of what we do is, you know, just a lot of experimenting with what you can find in your backyard. Can you talk a little bit about the last flavor that I have tried from you guys that had a lot of hot peppers in it? Yes. So that is our newest seasonal. It's called Red Hot. So that is local cranberries. It is dried scotch bonnet peppers, uh, jalapenos, and a baked green tea. It's this stunning tea um, that's found in... Uh, China and southern the southern part and um, 
it's definitely a, I would say an acquired taste. People mm -hmm. either love or hate spicy spiciness. Um, but um, that's one of our seasonals and it caters to, you know, the people that do love, um, you know, that heat in their beverage. It was, it was very uh, unexpected, I think. I knew that I would be trying some peppers in kombucha, right. but it's not a typical flavor. So it was very, very interesting. Um, so, um, uh, Lucy, can you tell us a little bit uh, as to how you see whether it is future of your company or just future in general, the, the beverage industry, or specifically kombucha uh, industry? What are your thoughts on this? I would say the future of kombucha um, is that it'll be more accessible to the masses. Um, hopefully you'll be seeing it in sports arenas and, you know, it'll be an alternative to um, alcoholic options. You're seeing it more and more in bars, um, which is great. We're in um, a few local bars, which is, um, you know, in, if you're the designated driver or you don't drink, you have a craft beverage other than, you know, soda water um, or ginger ale to get you through the night. You're actually enjoying your experience mm -hmm. with a non-alcoholic option. So um, kombucha in general, I think it's a very bright future. I don't think the importance of gut health is going to diminish anytime soon or right. at all. Um, and I also think that the palates um, of, you know, Americans specifically is evolving to enjoy more sour things and it's kind of leaning away from the sweets. So kombucha is, you know, just that with it uh, being a more sour um, tart, depending on the flavor beverage um, that, you know, is ever changing and it can be very versatile as well with the different flavors or the different uses of the beverage. That is great. Um, so you're talking about people uh, becoming more used to it. Um, is making kombucha something that you would recommend people to start? And if so, I know that we uh, previously spoke about different resources. Can you uh, offer some uh, suggestions of like where some where someone could go to either get the culture or learn more about how to do it themselves and of course come to the farmer's market and experience uh, your kombucha as well? Sure. So there's definitely a lot of resources. Um, I personally, my main go-to is the Art of Fermentation by Sandor Katz. Um, he also has a book titled Wild Fermentation, which I would say is the prequel to that. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. The Big book of kombucha i believe it's called is by hannah crumb and she okay. is the like really the queen of kombucha i would say mm -hmm. and um she also runs kombucha camp and that's camp with a k and mm -hmm. that is where i typically suggest um you know home brewers to get their culture from if they're looking for one um, they're out of Beverly Hills, um, but they, you know, can overnight a culture to you and it's, um, you know, step-by-step -step instructions are included. Um, but that book is written by Hannah and that also is fun. It's a little different um, and includes, you know, recipes to try, but I would say those three books, you know, would put you on your way to brewing some great batches of kombucha. Um, and also online, there's a lot of resources and forums. Um, I would just be, 
there's a lot of misinformation out there in regards to um, recipes or what you should and shouldn't add to kombucha to get certain tastes. Um, so just be careful when looking online, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just making sure that your culture and tea and everything that it's coming in was brewed organically. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's my, my two cents. <laughs> that, that sounds great. I, I have a question for you. So, um, is it true that you can actually use kombucha beverage, uh, that you purchase, whether it is in a supermarket or from you guys, and you can use it as a, as a starter? I don't know how true it is, but I have heard some people talking about this. That is true. Um, depending on the brand, a lot of, uh, brands that you'll find on the shelf, include yeast inhibitors in their kombucha Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if you were to do that uh you can do it you'll create a scoby from it so um if you want to go that route that's definitely i would say the least expensive route so you're just you know getting a bottle for 3.99 or whatever it is get the original uh type so basically just plain kombucha nothing with any flavor in there Mm because that would uh compromise the culture Mm -hmm. um and you just put it in a jar with a breathable, um, you know, something breathable on top and let that sit for, I would say at least three weeks. Um, and then you'll see a SCOBY form. Um, like I said, they typically do have yeast inhibitors in there, so it wouldn't be necessarily like an authentic, uh, culture, but if you're looking for a quick and easy route, that is definitely a way to begin. Have, uh, you as a company ever considered, um, uh, doing uh, something where you would have kits or where you would have some ways for, um, you know, your, your clients, your customers to um, embrace the world of kombucha and to educate them how to make their own, or maybe this is something in the future. Uh, definitely. We have put um, some thought into that. Um, it's definitely, I would say a whole different world. I always welcome, um, you know, home brewers to email me personally. Um, I always answer questions at farmer's markets, um, always there for input and it's definitely fun. I love talking to home brewers about their brews and how it's going for them. Um, so it's something that, um, I think we may explore in the future. We don't, uh, currently have any kits that we sell or um, anything like that, but um, always open to homebrewers shooting an email our way and, you know, helping them out as much as we can. That's great. Thank you. I always think that it's a fabulous project for a a teenager that might be interested in experimenting with health and also with cooking. So thank you. So Lucy, before we part, I have uh, a couple of questions for you. Is there something that we have not discussed that you want to share with this audience? And then my other question is, how can the listeners of this podcast can learn more about Luna Kombucha and uh, about the company and about you in particular? Sure. Uh, Let's see. What haven't we touched on? I would just say the main takeaway is Um, looking beyond the nutrition facts of your kombucha or really all of your foods and just um, be more knowledgeable of the ingredients um, and where they're sourced um, just to better tend to your body. So Mm -hmm. my, um, you know, my phrase is that you should be confident in how you're tending to your body. So Mm -hmm. you think you're, you know, eating well or 
but I think there needs to be a different, um, you know, another level to it where you go to the farmer's market or you go and ask the brewer, or ask the farmer and how is this made? When, when is this in season? Um, so I think it's, you know, it doesn't hurt to be more knowledgeable on what you're putting into your body. Um, and let's see what else. So go ahead. How can someone learn uh, from you and more about the company? So you can always uh, take a look at our social media pages. So mm -hmm. um, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, we're also on Twitter. And you can always stop by our website. Um, there's a contact form if you have any questions, any homebrewer questions as well, um, of course, are welcome. And um, our website just kind of goes into a little more depth of our process and, um, you know, Luluna Kombucha in general. Lucy, thank you so very much. This was fascinating. And I will be sure to include all the resources in the show notes. Great. Thank you. Laura. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation with Lucy Krieger. You can find all the resources mentioned during this interview in the show notes at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 23. Please subscribe to the show to get the future episodes automatically downloaded on your device. This episode is proudly brought to you by Spice It Up, creative cooking with herbs and spices. Spice It Up is a weekend workshop that Leslie uh, Carrier will offer on June 29th through July 1st at her home and her organic vegetable and herb garden. You can learn more about it in the previous episode at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 22. Please check out the link in the show notes for more information. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Be smart, be healthy, be you.